0: How is everybody this morning? Okay. There's a couple, there's a couple of voices there. Um, Dan Bodley, how's your week been? Good, good. There's some excitement there. I like it. I like it. Terrence, how's your week been? Good. Anybody other than awesome? You, you're allowed, you know, we're in church. We're with family. There we go. Good. Yes. I uh, I share that. Um, you know, I apologize if I'm a bit slurry this morning um, we've had my one and two year-old nephews with us all weekend and I now have a much greater appreciation not that I didn't have appreciation for parents with small kids but I have a much greater appreciation for what you guys do uh, I didn't get much sleep I finished my sermon at 9:30 this morning so uh, it's it's been fun but we'll um, we'll get through there look I, I love having them so um yeah it's, it it's been it's been great to have them but yes parents with small kids I take my hat off to you for for what you guys do getting them here every week and all the other bits and pieces cuz man it's tough it doesn't change the fact that you know I want to do that so at least I can we you know we can give them back at the end of today you guys have to hold on to them but it's all good but anyway look no matter how your week's been I'm excited for this morning and I believe that this message will turn those bad weeks around and make the good weeks even better you know something that society tries to sell to us is this whole concept of doing what we need to get by for ourselves you know to focus on ourselves and individualize everything you know and I love what Hannah shared then about the journey that God's taken her on about you know let's look at where you can actually use something for the benefit of other people sometimes not just internally focusing on ourselves You know, more than that, we are constantly shown that we need the best and that our life is never fulfilled unless we have the latest gadget. And the problem is they update so frequently that it's just a perpetual cycle of unhappiness when we go with that. So what I hope to do today, well, one of a few things, is to break off that thinking and release the burden or belief that things make us whole and that we only need ourselves rather than, you know, a community, because that's what... That's what this is. That's what life is about, is doing it together and doing it in community. You know, the Bible that we, that we read and we study and try to adhere to tells us stories, both good and bad. And so to start with, tells us stories of people trying to do their own thing and failing or believing that they know better than others most of the time, that being God. You know, I think of um, Lot's wife. They're told to leave the city and to not turn around. And what does Lot's wife do? She turns around and turns to a pillar of salt uh, you've got Judas who thinks he knows better than than Jesus as to to what Israel needs and goes and sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of of silver and you know you've got you've got Paul well when he was Saul you know he he thought that he was you know he knew better than than those that had come to embrace Jesus. He was a Pharisee and was like, no, this is the way that things have to be. And they're just a very small sample selection of those stories. You know, the counter of these stories and what the Bible is filled with and shows is the strength that humans have when they live in community. And that's not just with other humans, but that's living in community with God as well. And that's the focus today. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you made yourself accessible to us. We thank you that through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, we can be in constant communication with you. And we thank you that you've positioned us and brought us into this fellowship of believers, this group of people who are an amazing family. And so as we go on a bit of a journey this morning, Lord, I pray you would speak through my lips and that we can Come to appreciate the community that we have even more. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, before I properly get into this, I do want to say the following. You know, I think the term community has been overused in an incorrect fashion for far too long. What I mean by this is, you know, when you hear the word community, does it make you kind of groan a little bit internally? Does it. You know, maybe you roll your eyes. Does it bring up bad memories a little bit? Because, you know, I think of community and it's, it's always about oh, everybody has to be happy. You just have to do what makes yourself happy, what makes other people happy. And it's all about happiness. And that actually loses the point of what community actually is. You know, I've had those reactions sometimes when I say, we just got to be in community, community, community. You know, and often, sometimes it's a product of my internal compass and where I'm at at that point. However, I do think that society, and sometimes particularly in a church context, has missed the fullness of the word. You know, in my experience, the word community is often associated with that feeling of being happy and getting along with everyone. You know, and while that may be a byproduct of what community that God has set out is to to bring, and one of many, the actual definition of community has nothing to do with that. You know, the definition, I've got two definitions here of the word community. One is a group of people living together and practicing a common ownership. The second is the people of a district or country considered collectively, especially in the context of social values and responsibilities. So you notice that there's nothing about happiness or people having to be happy when it comes to community. But it's a group of people who live together practicing a common ownership. And I love that. It's a group of people who have the same vision, the same belief, all moving in the same direction. And you know, sometimes you're going to be in that space with people who might frustrate you, might rub you up the wrong way, and that's okay. God gives us the grace to love people. But that doesn't change the fact that we're all moving in the same direction with the same vision, all serving the same God. And that's what community is about. You know, community isn't just that happy feeling. Living in community is a lifestyle. You know, and part of that means that, you know, we have to, we have to slog through it with some people. But the reward is what comes. You know, and sometimes we have to offer some correction, which is never fun. But that's all part of going in the same direction for the same vision for God's glory. You know, and God's grace and strength allows us to do both because as children of God, we live together with a common ownership. And that's to preach the gospel and to live by the Spirit. Amen? You know, that common ownership needs to be at the forefront of what our community is about. Not our own agendas and how that works for us, but what is best for the collective. What brings us closer to our common objective of preaching the gospel, of making disciples of all nations, of going into the world and, and baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? What brings us closer to that common objective together? You know, there's a footy or a a sporting term that I like that I think adequately conveys this, and that's a champion team will always defeat a team of champions. Why? Kind of because it's who they play for. A team of champions is playing for themselves. They're playing for the individual glory, the individual accolades and it just so happens that you know there's a couple of them in a team but ultimately they fall short but a champion team is everybody's working together for a mutual goal everybody's got each other's back you go in and and you you support one another you stick up for one another you encourage one another and they move towards that common goal together you know the strength comes from that togetherness that going in the same direction for the same thing. That's what the early church did well, and that's what I believe for us. That if we can embrace this whole notion of moving together in the same direction, for the same purpose, for the same vision, all the things that we that we speak about, that we pray about, you know, setting captives free, you know, People would come through the doors and be transformed by the love of God. You know, all of those things that we pray for start to happen when we live as a community going in the same direction. So I want to read a little bit. When we talk about the early church, the best place to go is the book of Acts because the book of Acts is amazing, and I love it. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. I'm reading verses 42 to 47. Uh, It will also be on the screen. it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. I love that. It paints a pretty amazing picture. Hey, it shows what genuine community moving in the same direction is. But not only that, it actually shows a byproduct of what that looks like. You know, the last part of that is, and they added to their number daily. You know, there, there, is, there is fruit that comes from moving in the same direction. And we need to actually start to embrace that. You know, it's what this Christian journey is all about. You know, one thing I want to say is that we all have parts to play. We all have parts to play. It's not just whoever's up here on the platform. It's not just whoever's singing or playing music. It's not just the sound and the media people. It's not just the kids. We all have a part to play in building this community and working together. And it's not just a passive thing. You know, this collective group of people... You know, we we read it in the story and I believe it for us. This group flourishes when we all give and don't just take. You know, it talks about them selling things and and they had all of these things in common because they were selling and and, and trading kind of together so that no one was in lack. Everybody was working together for the greater good. You know, it's living with that common ownership. That's something that I want us to to really embrace and learn is we have a common ownership together and that's to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to preach his gospel and to show love to the world. Like that's our common ownership. doesn't matter what else is going on. We move in the same direction when we live that and when we show that. You know, and there is only one you, everybody here. There's only one of each of us. So be you to the fullest extent of how God created you and who he created you to be. Don't try and be somebody else. Be you. You know, you think we we talk about ourselves as the body of Christ. And now you think of a literal body. A, a, A pinky can't be your knee. And your shoulder can't be your big toe, you know, The body has certain functions and so as a corporate body, we cannot function to the fullest extent that we can if we're trying to be other people and not embracing who we are. And so part of that community and moving in the same direction is us going, okay, this is what God has given me, how can I use this within this common ownership to move us in the same direction? You know, our church cannot be the best it can be without that. So you have my permission to use your giftings in this place for his glory and to ensure our community is as strong as it can be in transforming the world around us. You know, and back to the scripture. You know, I love these stories of the early church in action. You know, the book of Acts is one of my favourites. And, you know, this this particular section of scripture is more a summary or a mission statement of sorts for the early church and everything that they did. And this is my prayer for us, to be a book of Acts church. Who else wants that? You know, who, who else wants to embrace that? You know, we, we read so many stories in the books of Acts of, you know, I think of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Here's Philip just walking down the path, and he comes across a dude who's trying to understand the scripture and what baptism is, and... Philip explains it to him. Next thing you know, he's taking taking him to a lake and he's baptising him, you know. I want to see that stuff happen. I want us to be meeting together and enjoying food and fellowship and prayer and the word. You know, that's what strengthens and solidifies our community for what it is. You know, so what does community look like? You know... For you guys, other than, you know, what I've talked, to to you, what does community look like? I'll take, you know, you can shout it out. Friends, Friends? yeah, cool. What else? Heaps of fun, fun is good. Support, yep, 100%. Yeah, with you on that. Food, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Food Food is good. Hey, look, there's... You know, that's why we do lunches, you know. I'll, I'll come back to the food topic. I want to talk about that specifically in a bit. But any, anything else? Anybody wants to add? Yeah, absolutely. We can't do this without encouragement. You know, I love what Pastor Mark shared a few weeks ago about the importance of actually encouraging people to be who they are. You know, and looking at people and putting a 10 above everybody, not just picking and choosing, go, okay, don't like that person, so they're a one, or that person's a bit annoying, so I'll give them a five, but actually giving everybody a 10 and encouraging them for what they're good at. You know, that's important in living in community. You know, I've underlined a few key things in this passage. So... They devoted themselves, so they actually spent this conscious effort of focusing and, and prioritizing, listening to the teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayer. You know, the believer, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together. They broke bread in their homes ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were praising God. You know, I love that it repeatedly says all or they. So it was referring to the believers. It wasn't just a one person went and sat and listened to this person preach or one person went and prayed or one person prepared a meal for themselves It was all, it was they, that collectively, they were being around each other, encouraging one another, and actually being fed and equipped so that they could go out and teach other people the same and to do the same. And that's what made the early church just go pockets everywhere. It just took off because they were all moving together in one direction with a common ownership. Absolutely, one direction. Absolutely. Absolutely, I didn't have that. That's good, I like that. You know, I know it's easy to look back at them back then and go, you know, it was their culture to study the Bible so much. You know, they had to do it. Life was built around it. They didn't have as many distractions or as responsibilities as what we have today. You know, I get that. It's true. Life was a lot simpler during the days of the early church. However, people still worked, they had trades, a lot of them were had a fairly low level of education but they still met together, they still studied the scriptures, they still prioritised doing all of these things and now this isn't, I don't want this to be taken as a, as a slap that people aren't prioritising it because I know that we all do in our own way. So this isn't a slap, this is just an encouragement to where you can be involved, you know, where you can be involved, be at at church, pray for people, you know, uplift and encourage, even if it's just an encouraging message to somebody. That's moving in the same direction as what we do as a church. You know, we need to position ourselves in a way that we are in community with God first and foremost, but then in community with one another and actually bringing his glory to the earth. You know, I think of the scripture that says where two or more are gathered in his name, there they are with them. It wasn't where one person is gathered, there God is. And yes, we know the Holy Spirit is within us. So wherever we are, we do have the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I kind of look at that and go, there, there's a purpose behind saying where two or more are gathered that we're actually meant to do this thing together. We're not meant to isolate or be in a silo, but we're actually meant to walk the journey with other people, to encourage and support one another. You know, it's not a foreign concept, and so I wonder why sometimes it becomes so hard. You know, I think throughout the, the Scriptures, you know, Moses had Joshua as his kind of his understudy, his his go-to, the person that he was training up to take over from him. Elijah had Elisha. Same thing. Ruth had Naomi. David had the prophet Samuel who was always there speaking to him, encouraging him, correcting him, doing all of that. You know, Jesus had his disciples. He had the 12, he had the 6, and then he had the 3 out within that. You know, we are modelled this whole thing of being together. You know, all of our key examples on what it is to live a faithful, spirit-filled, obedient life had others around them that they leaned on and learned from. So who do you have around you that you can lean on or learn from? I want you to think about that. Also, who can lean on or learn from you? You know, and this is where I go back to what I said at the start, that we all have a place in community. Just because, you know, you you may feel like oh, I don't have anything to give, I tell you that you do. God says that you do. God says that you are chosen, his special pre- His special possession, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's all of us. Collectively and individually, that's all of us. So people can lean on you. People can learn from your example. It's just a matter of positioning yourself in the place to have community with God and hear from him. And then moving in that direction that he has for all of us. You know, it's a cycle we often forget, but we need to re- remember it. You know, Western culture, by nature, is quite consumeristic. And so it predominantly talks about taking and, and, and little about giving. It's, it's about, okay, use this and this is going to help you with this. You know, that whole mindset of keeping up with the Joneses, that you need this to, to be happy. You look at the way that people market stuff. It's always, when you want to get new stuff... Put smiling people because then people will embrace it because they think, oh, this is going to make me happy. But we know that it doesn't. Things are out of balance in our culture. What this early church model shows is that when the balance is right, the miraculous happens. The supernatural power of God transforms people's lives. It transforms situations. People come to experience and know his love because that balance is right of everybody taking that common ownership and moving in the same direction. That's worth getting excited about, hey? That's worth prioritizing and actually going, right, I want to be a part of this. You know, Innately within each and every one of us, we want to stand for something. We want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. We're a part of the best journey in life that a human being can have by being in relationship with God. You know, we are designed for relationship and created to live in community. And we see that in Acts 2. So let's look at the teaching you know, even taking the, out the religious component of this, studying and learning and teaching in their very nature is something that is done together. I mean, think about schools, universities, TAFEs, workplaces. You learn together. You study together. You know, you're brainstorming with a group of people. You're bouncing ideas off a group of people. We do this journey of learning together. So why should that be different when it comes to church? You know, be here. Hear the word brought to life and spoken out. And I'm not just saying that so that I can have an audience and and feel good or anything like that. I want people to be here so that you get encouraged, you get that encouragement, one from God, but two from being around one another. Because, you know, this fills my tank. Every time I am here, I, I just love being around people who are all moving in the same direction, who are loving, who are encouraging, you know. And I, and I know I'm not the only one, so you can, you know, you can say that that's, that's true and that you resonate with that. You know, you're allowed to do that. You know, this position of being in church builds the depth of relationship with God. You know, it builds our common ownership, which comes from hearing the Word of God and being in a place to hear from His Spirit directly to us. And not only that, we get to experience these revelations that we all have together. We get to be excited together. You know, when somebody hears from God and goes and speaks it out, how encouraging is that? not even just for the person that's being spoken over, but for each and every one of us, it's exciting. It's it's inspiring. But you miss that if you're not here. And, you know, podcasts are fine, but often we're doing those when we're alone. Who do we share that with? Who do we share that revelation or that excitement with? You know, what I love about church is that we put into practice what God's asking us to do. You know, we're with a group of like-minded people all chasing after what God has and what God's asked us to do and commanded us to do. You know, there's nothing like being in this place. You know, I love it. But it also keeps us accountable so we don't misinterpret or do our own thing because we feel challenged. You know, you guys know I like using movie references. So I think about Simba in The Lion King with this particular thing. Simba's one of my go-tos because you can learn a lot from Simba. But, you know, early in the movie, he's, he's there with his dad and he's like, you know, everything the light touches is our kingdom. Don't go to that shadowy place. You must never go there, Simba. And as any kid does when you're told don't go somewhere, you go there. And so Simba goes there, puts himself and friends in, in danger, and his dad has to come in at the last minute to, to rescue them. And then, you know, later later in the movie, he runs away and doesn't want to, doesn't want to go through what's gone on in the past. He doesn't want to do that. He runs away. But then finally, finally, he comes to his senses and goes goes back to where he's supposed to be, where he takes that common ownership with his family and with his friends for the betterment of his people as a whole. You know, how often do we hear something and we be like, no, that's hard. I don't really want to do that. God, what are you, why are you telling me to do that? That's that's hard. You know, I have to go and forgive that person. Yeah, okay, that's hard. Um, I have to go and talk to somebody I don't know. Yeah, that's hard. I don't want to I don't want to do that, God. What? You're telling me to go and pray for somebody? No, I, I I don't want to do that. I get it. I'm just as I'm just as guilty of that at times. But how beneficial is it for us as a whole when we go, okay, God, I'm in community with you. I'm hearing from you. It may make me uncomfortable, but I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to go and take that step because I trust you. That you got my best at heart. I trust you to look after me. I trust you to give me the strength and the ability to do it. So I'm going to do it. You know, there is strength in being together with family. You know, and Simba finally sees that at the end of The Lion King. And that's what church is for us. There is strength in being together. You know, the second thing in this scripture that I want to focus on is fellowship. So this whole idea of engaging with people. You know, don't isolate or make yourself a silo where you're just there by yourself. You internalize everything until you explode. And, you know, to sidetrack a little bit, everyone here has worth. I know I've already said it, but I really want to emphasize this. Because I I feel like it's important for our church that everybody here actually realises you have worth. You are important. Regardless of what you may think or how you may feel or what others may say about you, you are important. I want you to say that with me. I am important. Turn to the person either side of you and say, you are important. Yeah. Oh thank you thank you You know the point the point of that the point of that is that we all have the ability to encourage one another and speak life into people so we should be doing that You know it shouldn't take a, a prompting from somebody with a microphone to say do this We should be speaking life into people. We should be speaking worth into people. You know, God, throughout His Word, God, through Jesus, showed us how we are important and how we have worth. And if we're to imitate Him, then we need to be doing the same thing. You know, and we all have value. So, therefore, it's not a burden for us to reach out and say, I'm struggling or to ask for help, because none of us are a burden, and you know, I'm I'm stubborn, and I don't always like reaching out, but that's what family does, it's what community's here for, it is a safe place to say, you know what, I'm having a crappy week, I need someone to come and sit with me, I need someone to pray for me, you know, it's okay to do that, and if you do that, and somebody fobs you off, come and tell me, and I'll have words, because That ain't ain't a loving family. That ain't a loving community, you know, and we need to be a safe place where people can say that and then we go, sure, you know, I'm going to pray for you right now. You know, I'm going to encourage you. That's moving together with a common ownership in the same direction. You know, we have each other's back. We celebrate the wins. You know, we stand there and support and commiserate in the rough times but we're there for each other because that's what family does. You know, we celebrate the highs and lows together. You know, we need to learn to have a few people in whom we can be open and honest and vulnerable with that speak life, but also correction to us. They don't just tickle our ears because we're, they're, they're scared or we're scared that they're not going to love us anymore if we do bring that. We need to have that. Those people that actually say, hey, come on, back on track, back on track. We need that. We need that. So don't isolate yourself. We are the body of Christ. And like I said before, we can't function to the best of our potential if parts of the body aren't at 100%. So we need to lean on each other and encourage one another so we can be our best selves, which then means we're at our best collectively. You know, when I say our best, I'm meaning in partnership with God. I'm not saying that at all that we do it in our own strength. We're at our best when we're in community with God, but then community with each other. And we need, we need to understand that. You know, being his representatives, we are strongest when we're listening to him and flowing in what he's telling us, but when we're loving each other as well you know, true community is real, it's authentic, it's transparent. It comes through making a conscious choice to adopt this lifestyle of living in community. You know, we have to choose to, to be in this place. We have to choose to open ourselves up to being in community and then actively engage with it. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, I want that, but then it's another thing to actually take the step and say, yep, I'm living with this. I'm moving in the same direction. I want to encourage and support each other. You know, we we need to make that choice. And not just at church on a Sunday either. This is a life journey. You know, one of the I think one of the good old Christian clichés that we say is do life together. We need to actually live that. That's what community is. When we're actually there, not just on a Sunday morning for each other, but we can lean on each other during the week when stuff goes on. We can make a phone call to somebody. We can send a message and encourage each other. We don't have to wait until a a Sunday morning to go up to somebody and say, Hey, you know, I think what you did whenever was really good and really powerful. We can actually send them a message and say that. And I guarantee you, if you've got an encouraging word to say to somebody, they're going to appreciate receiving a message to say it. I guarantee that. You know, and I realise that for some people, it's a scary thought to actually reach out to somebody or or to, to go up to somebody and, and and talk to them. I get that. You know, it's, it's not one of... It's something that I've had to learn and teach myself and I'm still hit and miss with it sometimes, you know. Em's great. She sees a new person, she's straight to them and loving on them, laughing with them. Me, I hesitate sometimes and I'm and I'm open with the fact that going up to, to new people sometimes makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable. But part of being in community is pushing through being uncomfortable Because you're moving in the same direction You're actually going in the same direction So it's important to actually go You know what, this isn't about me right now This is about God's glory And this is about somebody else Who just may need a little bit of encouragement Or just may need somebody to talk to So if you struggle with it, just start with one person Obviously with God, but start with one person And it's one of the best decisions you will make you know, and I'm not asking you to do something that I don't do. I have a number of guys who I sew into, but I also have people who sew into me, call stuff out in me when I may do something wrong or something a bit silly. You know? We all need that. We need that. And for leaders, whether in church or in business, it's even more important to have people around you and not feel isolated. You know, you need to know that what you're doing is taking that group of people in the same direction and not you're here and everybody else is here. You know, you've all got to be moving in the same direction. And As a church, we need to do that. If we're not loving each other and not encouraging each other, we're not moving in the same direction. You've got little pockets here and pockets here and pockets here and pockets here. We actually need to be doing that. You know, and men, I want to single you guys out because I am a man and I know how men think and the way that we do stuff. You know, we don't talk by nature and society says that it's weak to be vulnerable, to show emotion, to do any of that. There's this macho persona around men. Let's change that, hey? You know, let's drop the number of suicides in our gender in society. You know, don't isolate and end up at that point you know it breaks my heart every time I read about guys who have just on the surface they have everything but then they just don't talk and that's it so guys let's actually set this example let's break down barriers that are there and let's be vulnerable let's be accountable to each other let's encourage one another it's okay to use your words words are good tears are good You know, they are good things. So let's actually do that. You see, this whole community thing, when it's done right, when we prioritise it, when we live in it, that's when people are receptive to what we have to say because we're not just saying words, we're actually living what we're saying. And that's for everybody. If we're going to be, you know, people say the church talks about love, but do they always see it? No, they don't, because we make, we're imperfect. Fact is, we're imperfect, and that's okay. But we actually need to hear God, and when we stuff up, go, okay, I stuffed up. But let's show the love that he showed us to the world around us so that they can actually experience what we talk about, not just have it be empty words, but actually a lifestyle, hey? Let's do that, because I reckon we can transform this city and this country, and this world, if we actually live out what we speak. And it starts with us. You know, somebody, somewhere, whenever big things start, it's somebody, somewhere. So why not Bayside Church in Frankston to actually start breaking the mould of how society sees churches, who starts breaking the mould of men not being vulnerable, who, let's just break the mould a little bit, hey? Let's live a lifestyle that has a common ownership and we're all moving in the same direction. It doesn't matter who's around us, what's going on. God first and we love everybody else. You know, yes, we need to take time for self-care. Jesus did that. But we do what he asks us to do. It's not about what we want to do. It's what he wants us to do. Anyway, so breaking of bread. Here's your food bit, Will. I'm going to talk about food for a little bit, make you hungry until the lunch starts, hey? Is that all good? So who doesn't love food? You know, think about the power that food has to bring people together. You look at the Last Supper, one of the the most well-known stories in the Bible when Jesus was there with his disciples before he was arrested. You know, it was about food. You know, I've loved... The Connect Group that Em and I have run with the young adults, both at Charlton now, what we do here, and food has always been and will always be a big part of it because that's when joy comes. Food, for whatever reason, breaks down any barriers that tend to be there because everybody's happy because they're eating. So food is good. You know, I love what Tom and Chris do. The, you know, every so often in their Connect Group, they have a big feast and invite a whole bunch of people to come and just hang out and enjoy some good food. And it's great. You know, I look at Mike and Nola's group with the families. There's always food. A lot of the time, there's too much food. But that's never, that's never a problem. It means Mike's got lunches for the rest of the week sorted. But food, food is good. You connect over food. You talk over food. So, you know embrace having food together and talking you know it's convenient that we have a church lunch today hey but anyway (laughs) you know other than a unified belief set or vision or cause nothing brings people together like food does you know and the early church got that right you know I've been to churches this is not a slight on other churches but I've been to churches where it's you come in right when the service starts and you go straight away when it ends and that's your That's your church experience for the week. I love the fact that we hang around. We even if it's just tea and coffee and biscuits some weeks, that's still food. You know, it's it's good to have that together. You know, I think about weddings and birthday parties. There's always food. Why? Because it's fun, it makes people feel good. You know, just don't eat your wife's portion of dessert at your wedding reception, because you'll never hear the end of it. You'll never hear the end of it. In, in my defence, M was busy talking and we had to go and it was sitting there. So it would, it would have been wrong to not eat it, right? You know, anyway. You know. One of the other things it talks about is prayer. And this one speaks for itself. Prayer is our time to speak with our Heavenly Father. To shut off the voices and distractions around us and give Him our undivided attention. Yes he knows our hearts and our thoughts but he wants us to speak to him to actively say what we are thinking. That's what we do with friends and family. We speak to them and we listen and they listen. So why do we so often neglect that aspect of community and relationship with God? So I know I'm running out of time but I still want to do this quickly anyway. If you have Need of something and want some prayer, raise your hand where you are, and we're going to spend like a minute, two minutes just praying for each other. I got a few people specifically I want to pray for, but you've got my permission. If you want prayer, raise your hand. Okay, there's a couple of hands up. So if you're nearby, can you just crowd around them just quickly? Just lay some hands on them. Um, do that. And I'm going to pray because, and I want to do this because community is, you know, we stand together, we do this together when we actually pray so father god i i I pray for each person here you know i pray specifically for those who have raised their hands and needing prayer lord god and we just pray that you would fill them and those around them with peace and with with your love lord god we pray that you would you would move that mountain whatever it is that needs to be moved i pray that you would move that mountain lord god i pray that you would you know when two or two or more gather in your name there you are with us and we thank you that you are here with us this morning, Lord God. And so I just pray that you would let your spirit wash over them. Wash over them, Lord God. You know, and we pray for our sister Penny, who, who is recovering in hospital from a pretty nasty accident, Lord God. And we just pray that your healing hand and your guiding hand would be there with her, Lord God, with the surgeons, with her family, Lord God. Let them know your peace that transcends all understanding. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and for what you do in and through each and every one of us. Amen. You know, I wanted to do that. Um, I got prompted literally at the start of the service to, to pray for somebody and was like, let's do it. Because that's part of community, is actually standing with each other and actually laying hands and supporting and encouraging. And even if even if you don't know what to say, just being there and... Putting a hand on somebody's shoulder lets them know that there's somebody there who cares. There's somebody who's there with them. And that's important. You know, and we've got our Wednesday night prayer every week. You know, it's, what it's unlocking is amazing. You know, it's a unified group or community chasing the same vision. So chasing after what God has for us. It's seeking the Father and outworking the Holy Spirit. And that sort of community changes everything forever. We're seeing that. We're seeing breakthrough and transformation and growth and people returning to Him, people coming to Him. So I encourage you to to prioritise spending some time in prayer, whatever that looks like, whether that's making a space in your house. You know, if you can't be here on a Wednesday night at 7.30, pray at home. Doesn't even have to be at seven thirty on a Wednesday. It's not that God only turns up at seven thirty on a Wednesday night. God does stuff whenever. Make some space to pray. You know, individually it lets God encourage you personally and 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 to speak to you and things that you need. But you know, when we come together for prayer. We can speak God's Word to the community. We can encourage one another through prayer. We get to stand with each other and combine our faith and believe for the supernatural power of God to move in this place. Amen. You know, it's pretty amazing. And we do that 10 a.m. every Sunday, pre-service prayer. It's only 10, 15 minutes. But just come and stand together with that. You know, prayer is huge in what it does. You know, What happened two weeks ago in our baptisms? I don't think any of us who were here are going to forget that anytime soon. But that had its roots in prayer. The lead up, you know, we were praying for the baptisms for weeks. What happened was birthed out of prayer. You know, prayer unlocks a whole lot of things. You know, I'm just going to skip through this quickly because I realise I've Talk for way too long. Anyway, um, all together and everything in common. You know, the believers in the early church shared everything and ensured that no one was in lack. They supported one another in more than just words, they lived out this support. You know, I think of people like Rod and Andrea who they hear of a need, they're cooking meals, they're praying for people, they're going to visit people. That's community in action. You know, I think of Mike and Nola who they hear that somebody needs something, they're like, "Right, how can I help? Let's latch the trailer on, let's move some stuff, take it to from one place to another place." You know, I think of Hannah and what she does with particularly new young adults. She's just straight there and she engages them, she messages them, she brings them to connect group, she checks in on them. You know, I think about what Callie does with rallying a bunch of women together to support those in need in our community. You know, We do this as a community to support and care for each other, and not just within the four walls of this place, but those that we hear about, because God loves everybody. He doesn't just love the people who step foot into a church. He loves everyone. So our community is everyone here, but it's also everyone out there. And we need to love them. You know, the Good Samaritan is the perfect example of that. You know, you had a priest and a levite just walk past this guy who'd been beaten because he was a samaritan because he'd been beaten and then a samaritan comes along who's meant to not like the person but he puts him up in a hotel, spends a whole bunch of money to have him cared for. That's what moving in the same direction is like. We do that for those around us. You know, we can have such a profound impact on our society. You know, I think of the hampers that we have. You know, you bring your non-perishables and put it in the yellow bins. The way we can bless people with those, you know. Operation Christmas Child, which is being launched next week, you know. It's only a couple of bucks to put some stuff into a shoebox that's sent around the world to kids who won't get a gift. And the joy that that brings them. It's amazing. You know, and then there's breaking bread in their homes, aka connect groups. People didn't leave it until a weekend service or an event to be running to meet together. They joined together in connect groups. And this is the best way to do life together. You know, you get to you get to celebrate as one another. I've got a couple of quick photos I want to show you. One of it is, our, so this is Mike and Nola's last night. You, you can't see a whole bunch of extra kids at the back there. There was Saturday night kids church last night. At Mike and, and then you've got the young adults one from our connect group a few weeks ago um, you know this is doing life this is developing friendships this is moving closer to God and, and closer to each other by actually intentionally spending time together you know last night at Micah Nola's it was share your favourite Bible verse And there were a few double ups but that's okay because you hear what it means to different people and most of the time it's a different perspective on why it's important. So that's why doing this thing together I can't speak highly enough of connect groups. If you're not in one consider it because you have people stand with you in your struggles your triumphs are celebrated and you get to encourage one another. The early church modelled this Jesus modelled this And if we want to be a church like the book of Acts, and if we are to be disciples of Jesus, then we need to embrace doing this, meeting together, doing community. You know, God said that we were designed for community. He said it's not good for man to be alone, so He created Eve. You know, we're meant to do this thing together. We're meant to live in community. Ashes, can you please distribute communion? You know, breaking bread together happens in another way than just having uh, a meal. It's when we celebrate communion. You know, and and everything that we've read in that that scripture, and it talks about praise in there as well. You know, how amazing is it that God loves us? So part of our life should be praise and, and worship to Him. That, you know, He sent His Son Jesus to earth to show us the way back for us to repent and turn around and come back to him he endured betrayal and torture mocking and embarrassment and death simply to show us that we are loved and important his resurrection shows that we are no longer stuck in sin we no longer need to do things ourselves all we need to do is call on the name of jesus and we are saved and then we do this journey on here together as a body of believers. We join together to honour Jesus and the sacrifice that he has made for us. He modelled community with the Father and and with the Holy Spirit. He spent time in prayer and hearing from the Spirit. He modelled community with his church or with his disciples. They had meals together. He took them out when he was praying for people so they could experience it. Then he equipped them to go and pray for people as well. And he modeled community with society. He brought healing. He brought restoration. He showed love. And as a community, when we move in the same direction, that's what we can bring. We have the example set before us. So what are we going to do with it? Our Christian walk isn't about us individually and what it gets us. If that's what you're wanting, then this is potentially the wrong place for you. But this is about the kingdom of God and being representative of Him. It doesn't matter the denomination, the size of the congregation, the demographic. If the people love Jesus and live with the ownership of the mandate given, that's all that matters. Because living in that way, miracles happen, people are set free, they experience breakthrough and lives are changed. There is no formula, there's no perfect church. There's just imperfect people coming together and doing their best to love, to reflect Jesus to those around them. And that's all that matters. That's why community matters. That's why we are stronger together. When we are in community with God and with each other, we're at our strongest. So on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. After he broke the bread, he took the cup and said, this is my blood of the new covenant spilled for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Father God, we, we thank you that you desire to have community with us. We thank you that you sent your son and you equip us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your word that we can, we can hear from you. We can know what you want for us and that we can know that you love us. And we thank you for the community that we have here. And we, we commit to as a church, living in community, living in community with you and with each other and transforming the world by moving in the same direction together, Lord God. I pray that you'd bring revelation to each and every one of us about how we can impact this community of people that we can lean on and learn from. I pray that you'd bring those people into our lives where we need them, Lord God. And if you're here and you've never, you may have heard about the love of God before. This may be your first time hearing it. But if you sitting here and are like, I want a bit of that. I want to know the love that Jesus has for me. Would you raise your hand? While every eye is closed and head bowed, would you raise your hand if that's you? Let's go, all right. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for what has been an amazing morning what's going to be a great afternoon with lots and lots of food and great fellowship as jude 24 and 25 says to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only god our savior be glory majesty power and authority through jesus christ our lord before all ages now and forevermore amen Well, enjoy plenty of food. If you can pass your cups to the centre aisles, the ushers are going to grab those. But also enjoy lots of food, guys. Stick around and have fun.